Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week we have Demons 2 and Wreck 2. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I've, I've pretty much finished up all the final preparations for my wedding. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. That's exciting. And I'm going to go this weekend and order my suit that I'm having made. You're having a suit made? Mm-hmm. I've never actually owned a uh, tailored suit before, oh. and I decided this is probably the time. So you're getting a suit well, tailored, you, yeah, or you're having reason one? I still wouldn't do it. But. Are you having one made? It's actually so it's not psychotically expensive. Have you ever had to buy like suit pieces before? Suit pieces? Yeah, I've, like have you ever had to buy like a blazer and pants or anything like that, or a suit jacket? Uh, yeah, not in a long, long time. Yeah, so it's fucking stupid expensive to begin with. Like, half the time, suit pants run close to $100, and then your your blazer or your jacket's going to run you two to $300 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you can get you can get cheaper ones, but then they never fit right, and they don't match, and it looks terrible. But, I mean, having one made if you do go like the cheap route is only like 400 bucks are you having it made or are you having it tailored do what so now you're having like a like custom i'm having an actual custom suit okay so they're bringing fabric in and then cutting out shapes and sewing them together yeah like i'm uh, just because you asked them to do it like I'm picking the fabric and the inner lining and the style and the buttons and the cut yeah. and all that. Because for my wedding, my suit, I picked it out and then had it tailored to me. Yeah, no, I'm actually having one made, son. Right. It's about the same price, so it it just depends. I mean, the one I'm having made is actually pretty cheap. It's only about four hundred bucks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mine was like four hundred just to get it tailored. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, was it was it four hundred in alterations, or was it four hundred to buy the suit pant in the jacket and stuff, and to have it altered? All three, yeah. Okay, that's pretty jacket, good. Jacket pants and alterations. I think it ended up being about five hundred for Wes's wedding because he wanted the specific suit color. So I don't know. He didn't just rent a suit for his wedding. He had another no. suit. Amanda's like, come on, get a navy blue suit. Then you'll have a black suit and a navy blue suit. And I was like, I will probably never wear a suit again, just so you're aware. But she made me buy it anyway. I'll tell you what, though. I love wearing a suit. It's weird. I don't. I don't. 
Oh, my mm-hmm. God. No, it makes you feel so good. So men do not have a lot of uh, clothing options, especially stuff that's like classic or stylish or anything like that. But wearing a suit just makes you feel good. Uh, that is false. No. That is, that is your opinion. It, maybe it makes you feel good, but oh, I don't okay. own a suit. Any, I don't own a suit anymore. I had one years ago, but I lost weight and it didn't fit anymore. And I was like, this is stupid. I only wear a suit to weddings. Weddings are always in the summer, which means I always end up taking the jacket off anyway. So it's stupid to own a suit. Well, you should, well, you should get a, you need to ha- own a linen suit because then a linen suit's for summertime. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to wear a suit. I'm with summertime. you, Doug. I, I just, I don't enjoy wearing them. I don't enjoy dressing nice pretty much at all. Ah. The minute the minute that suit jacket button gets buttoned, begins a countdown of when I could take the suit off. Yeah. I won't even buy an expensive tie because the tie never makes it through the wedding either. And I don't wear it for any other reason. Oh, see, I especially love ties. I get so excited. My cufflinks, I never get to wear my cufflinks. I get so excited whenever I get to pull them out. I've never owned a pair of cufflinks. I have no interest in owning cufflinks. Yeah, me neither. A lot of my shirts have buttons, but if it's up to me, those don't get done up either. So, Dude, it's dude bling, yo. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, good for you, but yeah, no. I barely even put like real like not basketball shorts on since May or March. <laughs> so right now, like, hey, you want to dress up in a suit? Is like, oh, fuck no. I mean, I yeah. wear... I wear dress pants and a dress shirt every day to work. So. I uh, I was thinking that about that horrible. the other day. Is uh, if if they ever make me go back to my actual office, I'm like, I'm gonna have to put long pants and socks on every day. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Terrible? Every day, <laughs> like that seems like a lot. So while the branches and stuff were shut down, they actually told us that we could casual dress at work because there wouldn't be any customers in the building. And so everybody was coming in dressed like a slob. And I was still coming in every day <laughs> wearing dress pants and a dress shirt. And my bosses kept being like, you know, you can wear jeans. I was like, yeah, I could. <laughs> I'm not gonna. You can't make me, God damn it. Ugh. You just have a different view of the world than we do, I guess. Well, so here's the thing. It's more, it's more comfortable. Dress dress pants are thinner than jeans, and my office is always hot, and I'm not going to wear dress pants and a t-shirt because I'm not a fucking monster. I'll I'll concede that dress pants are lighter than jeans, but I don't know if I'd go as far as to say more comfortable. I I just think they are, especially if you buy no pleat, like just, you know, flat, flat dress pants. If I was in an office setting like you, and they're like, hey, you can start dressing casual since there's nobody in the building... As soon as the word casual came out of their mouth, I would already have a pair of scissors in my hands, cutting the legs off of my dress pants that I was wearing, <laughs> turning them into shorts. Well, see, even whenever we dress casually, you're still not allowed to wear shorts. Hey, they weren't specific enough when they when they, when they started telling people what they could do. Brian sitting at a desk, sewing the pants back together, mumbling under his breath. Scotch taping them back together. Although I kind of want to call bullshit on that, because so guys aren't allowed to wear shorts, but women can wear skirts that don't go all the way down. So it's like, maybe I want to cool my legs off too, you fucks. I do believe there's also a rule where we are not allowed to wear short-sleeved dress shirts. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That seems. That seems Although short short sleeve dress shirts are trash. Like how dare you? Shit's trash. I don't know. I, yeah, I've I've wear short sleeve dress shirts in a work environment. Yeah. You don't you don't pull up the scene of uh, Ted McGinley or John McGinley or whichever McGinley it is from Office Space. He wears them the whole movie. Yeah. Like, this is the movie Office Space. It's basically but, like but legislation about working in an office. But they're all also supposed to be bad employees. Not John McGinley. He's the plus, consultant plus I brought think, in. I, th- I think John C. McGinley, it's in his writer that he gets to show off his super whipped <laughs> arms and everything that he's in. Well, you might be right about that. Because you gotta, you got to admit one thing. That dude, his entire career, he's yeah. always been fan-fucking-tastic shape. Yeah. Can't argue with that. It's not exactly a unique trait in Hollywood, though. I See, but I think people vary. People gain weight and lose weight for roles all the time. But John C. McGinley has been John C. McGinley straight through. He, he, he gets grayer, but he has the exact same body shape and maybe slightly different hair. Yeah, I don't know. Can we all just say how awesome John C. McGinley is in general? Dad, I fucking love him. Every time Stand I see him in something, Doug, I'm super you watched Stand Against Evil? I have not watched that yet, no. It is fucking delightful. It's it's basically uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, but with John C. McKinley as a retired sheriff who, it turns out, his wife was a demon hunter, That and uh, the sheriffs are all cursed to be killed by demons. So she was protecting him his entire life, but he was such a shitty, lazy husband that he never noticed. It's pretty good. Yeah, it starts with his wife just died, and now all of a sudden he has to start protecting the town from these demons that his wife had been fighting for decades. It's got a lot of really good jokes. Like, they go into her room, and they're like, don't go in there. That's her craft room. And they go into the craft room, and the craft room's just absolutely filled with weapons. <laughs> like, oh, huh. Who would have thought that? I actually uh, picked up a graphic novel that I haven't had a chance to read yet uh, called Count Crowley, where it's written by the uh, gypsy guy from Ant-Man. Okay. And his is that the weather girl at the station, like the guy who who is like the station horror host, I don't know if he dies or he quits or whatever, but they basically task her with taking over his horror show. And she finds out that horror hosts are actually monster fighters. <laughs> a la Fright Night. And they all have a specific region, which is why every region has sort of their own horror host. <laughs> and she's then tasked with fighting monsters for however many issues that this goes on. I have never wished for a premise to be true in real life more than I wish for that <laughs> premise to be true in real life. Yeah, and he said this is an idea he's had since he was a kid. He just never had a chance to do anything with it until, you know. I'm just came. saying, could you could you imagine Sven fucking Gooley just offing somebody? <laughs> <laughs> just just bludgeoning a zombie to death with a rubber chicken? I mean, there's worse things to think about. Man, that would be fucking great. <laughs> so sad i'm so sad that i live in the real world now <laughs> and not that world the world where i could potentially be killed by a monster but possibly saved by a horror host 
the world the world where femme fatale Elvira actually is a femme fatale. <laughs> uh, let's see. Aspiring uh, reporter Jerry Bartman is furious when she's demoted to hosting the nightly creature feature at her small town TV station. But Jerry quickly learns that there is more to horror hosting than just introducing bad B movies. Her first night in costume of her missing predecessor, Count Crowley, finds her face to face with a living, breathing werewolf. Or was she just that drunk, though? Did you add that last part, or is that actually from the description? That's actually from the description. Need to, make it a, need to make it a point to sit down and give it a read here the next couple of days. Well, I just, that just... That just made my fucking day. <laughs> it's from back Dark Horse. In. I'm back in. I was checked out earlier. But I'm back in. It's from Dark Horse. You should pick it up. You love some Dark Horse. Uh, all right. Well, I guess should we just talk about the movies we're here to talk about? Because I know Noah is super excited about this week's episode. It's it's very very split. I can tell you that. <laughs> I like the uh, I, li- I like that our theme of you know demons overtaking apartment buildings it's weird that we got something that specific to make a theme out of but <laughs> and they're both a sequel to a previous movie two movies that we've talked about on this podcast before which is fun yeah. i think in both cases i said i'm gonna get to the sequels and then i never did and then now you're making now me you so have. as soon as the demons three comes out we can work on uh, rack three as well technically I believe the movie The Church was slated to be Demons 3. Is that right? And was even released as Demons 3 in some regions. But We covered that on this podcast as well, right? Uh, I don't know or... if I did. You I, don't, I, I don't recall ever having seen yeah, that might have been Scott and I did it. I remember it had way back. I remember then. it had like a bunch of like evil creatures in it, and some of them were just normal looking midgets. And I went on a bit of a rant about how you shouldn't assume all midgets are evil. Seems unfair. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen The Brood? <laughs> yes. I'm not saying no midgets are evil. I'm saying you shouldn't assume that all midgets are evil. There's a difference. Always reminds me of there's an old Saturday Night Live skit. It was about. Oh, God damn it. I can't remember his name. There was a football player that said some racist shit on TV on it. And they were doing a spoof of it, of him apologizing. And he's like, I never had a chance to even mention my hate of Samoans. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts going on a rant. And then they're like, is there any other groups you'd like to talk about? And he goes, midgets. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on this epic rant about how much he hates fucking midgets. And he keeps interrupting the guy interviewing him. He's like, okay, well, we're going to move on. And he goes, you ever seen a midget in a suit? That shit is nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Who was it? Tracy Morgan. Really fucking funny. You guys should look it up. Tracy Morgan. Usually his delivery is enough to make it funny. (laughs) Right. Um, All right. Well, since I know you're so divided why don't i be nice and let you do the part that i know you like and recap what demons 2 is about yeah, like it's really hard for the listeners to predict which movie noah likes yeah so demons 2 starts off with i'm still 
on the fence of what what exactly is the reality of this movie. I oh, think shit, I was hoping yeah. you'd explain it. <laughs> I was thinking Demons 2, that voice at the beginning is part of the movie that's playing on TV. So yeah. I think Demons 1 was part of the movie on the TV that starts this Demons. <laughs> does that, does so, that make sense? Okay. So in in the movie what happens is there's characters watching a TV show and the people in the show or movie, whatever it is, enter a forbidden zone, which has been set up around the incidents of the previous demons movie. Yes. And end up accidentally reviving one of the demons from the previous movie. Correct. And, and, and as is established in the first movie, demons in the movie can affect reality. (laughs) Okay. In some way. So you're where I think we're we're both gonna be confused here, and maybe Brian knows the answer. No, I probably don't. It is is what they're watching a sequel to the movie Demons and they're all watching it on TV and then one of the demons from the sequel movie comes out of the TV and joins the real world? Or is what they're watching some sort of a reality program where the people entered into the forbidden zone and the stuff that happened in the first movie actually happened in the real world. Part of See, me wondered think... if the, what they were watching was a documentary about everything, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either, but the voiceover makes it seem like it is, but then everything that happens in it is very movie like. Yeah. See, I, I think it's a movie and the whole thing is now we've got this whole thing where, this is a movie that's caused by a movie that was caused by a movie. Do you guys so remember this last infinite week when I movie said, uh, regress? <laughs> do you remember last week when I said about those movies that they you don't really need levels of inception in your low budget fun horror movies? <laughs> and I, I think once again we've stumbled into that here, where I just I don't think there's a correct answer necessarily to what we're talking about. And for me, that is a bit problematic. I like the movie to make just enough sense that at least the rules of its own universe exist. Let me, let me pause it. uh, Option C, I guess. Okay. Uh, This movie was written by Dario Argento and is Italian. So why don't you just not fucking worry about it and just watch the damn movie? I think is, is the third option. Well, I think we can all agree that your option is what applies after that demon comes out of the TV in, <laughs> and joins our real world characters. Sure. That, that Starting from that moment, it's like, okay, who gives a shit about the first 10 minutes? Like all this conversation is the lead up to the actual yeah. movie. And demons, I just, I, I was going to say demons one and demons two has one very important thing in common. And that is the, plot is completely fucking irrelevant yeah i mean at the end of the day because well okay so the remainder of the plot description once the demon comes out of the tv show that might be a reality show might be a documentary or might be a movie and it comes out into that apartment where the kids are having their new wave dance party the rest of the plot description is the demons try to take over the apartment building and 
all of the 80s stereotypes that live in that apartment building trying to fight back. <laughs> that's the remainder of the plot description. So when you yeah. say the plot's irrelevant, it's like the plot's almost non-existent, let alone irrelevant. I, I, I was getting ready to say, because the other bit of Inception is that some of the same actors are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Yep. So what I have to imagine, since I'm believing movie within a movie theater <laughs> theory, is that the weightlifting gym guy in this movie played Tony in the last movie. Mm. So you're okay. saying that he's actually he's actually the actor who played the black yes. guy in Demons. And he's fallen on hard times and is now taking a job as a personal trainer at this apartment building. Right. But now that movie's come to life, like the movie within that movie, Movieception. Uh, yeah, it so, is, yeah. It is interesting the, that the guy that runs, the, the guy that's basically the trainer at the gym that is in the basement of this giant apartment yeah. building does really take a leadership role very quickly. So it seems he has some inside knowledge. Let's, and let's you're right. Well. If he was an actor in the previous film, he'd be like, "Shit, I guess that movie was all real." So I, I must be in charge. I was going to say one of the best things about the movie Demons is the Tony character. He's fucking awesome. Like Agreed. he is. He is one of those Ash esque characters that just pops up, and you're like, "Yeah, this guy. I'm on this guy's team." <laughs> and I think Dario Argento recognized that and was like, "We need that." again and they're like okay well let's find somebody like him and he's like why would we need somebody like him let's hire him he'll just do yeah. the thing that's, that's an interesting point <laughs> well you're putting a lot on Argento I'm sure Barto Bava had a little bit of say in it hey, I, I was going to say it could also be Bava yeah, it can be the, the two of them working together it is hilarious to me that like Argento, like we've talked about some of his films and they're really known for their visuals and things like that. But in the Demon series, he's a producer and writer. And you're like, well, I don't know why you would take a visuals guy and give him the writing job. That doesn't, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And you can make a similar argument with uh, Lombardo Bava is that his visuals are really what's uh what he's known for a completely different visual style than Argento's, but it is, you know, the gore effects and all that kind of stuff that he's known for. Not, but he also has a writing credit on this movie. It's like, maybe you guys should have hired one writer out of all, like uh, there's like four writing credits. Maybe one of those people should have been a writer. Ouch. I Her. disagree. If, I mean, cause if I, you, if you had a writer in that writer's room that actually could like write scenes, it would have taken away from all of the batshit demon goodness. Oh, you just need a writer to like, okay, how do the demons get in the building? And once the demons get in the building, then you just turn it over to Lumberto Bava for the visuals. I mean, I even, still produce and he just, just doesn't need to be involved in the script. I was going to say the very beginning of this movie introduces the fact that there is a boyfriend character that is on the way to the building. And mm -hmm. he turns out, of course, to be the punk rock analog of the punks from the first movie. Yeah. Uh, it takes him most of the movie to get there. And when they get there, they just kind of get in a car wreck. And that's the end of that. I kept waiting for that to matter. And it didn't. It did not. <laughs> it did not matter. There's, that was not there a are, thing. But, 
there are literally if, if people haven't seen this movie or haven't seen it in a while, there are literally two carloads of people driving towards this building for most of the movie. The entire movie takes place in the building, except we cut away to the punk rockers and then that that mom and dad who are coming home to their kid. And they're like they're both rushing towards the building the entire time. And then they get there and they just run into each other. And that's (laughs) I guess that was all they had planned. That's how you make a pizza pie. Uh, To give credit where credit is due, Demons 2 actually does have four writing credits on it. Yeah. And the two other guys also wrote Demons. Yeah. I think that um, to give full credit where credit's due, I think everybody who got a writing credit on Demons also got a writing credit on Demons 2 because all they did was uh, go through with an eraser and a pencil and erase (laughs) movie theater and pencil in apartment building, movie theater, apartment building, throughout the whole thing. Uh, One of the writers writers was the writer of 1990, The Bronx Warriors. Oh, yeah. The plot-heavy, dialogue-driven drama, 1990, The Bronx Warriors. He also wrote a movie (laughs) called Karate Warrior 3 from 1991. Sure he did. Let's talk about Bronx Warriors again. I just (laughs) just... want to talk about that dude. He should have been in this movie just vibrating up and down those hallways, being weird. Well... All right, so let's let's talk, let's get back to making sure we're discussing the plot of demons. We don't want to go off on weird tangents. That's I mean, the last thing we want to start doing on this podcast. I was going to say. So here's the thing, because the thing you said is way more accurate than it should be. Like demons two is demons one in an apartment building instead of in a movie theater. Yeah, that's just that's almost the end of it because they almost parallel and uh, kind of. I don't parody's the wrong word. They ape their own scenes. Yeah. So like in the scene where the creepy demon thing comes out of the uh the chick at the end of Demons One, instead, mm-hmm. a teeny tiny demon comes out of the little kid mm-hmm. and and has one of the most ear shattering scenes that has ever been in a movie. <laughs> and maybe they should have thought about that when mixing the sound. Because I had to mute it. I was like, fuck, I'm deaf. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do we want to talk about some of our uh, favorite moments or do we want to get into one of the most ridiculous moments? Because I think we, those, those are about the two ways to discuss this movie. Well, can't they both be the same? Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think they are the same. Uh, for me, they're different. But let's go through. What was the favorite moment of yours, Noah? Oh, dear God. Seriously? That's the question you're not prepared to answer? <laughs> I am not. Well, because the problem is there's so there's so much awesome in this movie that I'm having a hard time deciding. Because I think one of my favorite, the, the Siege of the Garage, I think is one of my favorite times because of a bunch of things. Number one, when the demons come running down the hall blatantly... They threw in a stunt where one of them hits a trampoline, goes over a car, and like attacks a dude. Yeah, and it's such it's such a ridiculous, great, but at the same time bad looking special effect because you can tell exactly what just happened. Well, several of the demons do that like roll thing over top of the cars too. <laughs> right, where they do like a flip, and it looks like they're about to just like 
like it's it's like something out of a Schwarzenegger film where the guys just know how to jump and they can kind of roll out of away from the fire and everything and it's like well <laughs> how do all the demons know how to do that instinctively well there's that and then of course they start ramming the huge apparently five foot thick steel doors because one of the best things about this movie is the excuse they use that no one could escape is apparently this fucking apartment tower is built like fort knox it has bulletproof windows and giant thick steel garage doors and stuff see see, this was one of my favorite slash completely ridiculous moments when the only idea they have is just get in your car just 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 hit the door just hit it and she just runs straight into it bam pretty much like happens (laughs) oh i was gonna say but the payoff is that siege in the garage scene where one car does it and then another car does it and then they just start smashing into other cars and by the end there's cars like hitting them ramping up over the cars and smashing down in on top of other cars like like a fucking demolition derby for a low budget movie they did so much damage to so many cars because there are multiple scenes where the big muscle guys from the gym just flip cars over for reasons that I cannot explain other than somebody thought it looked cool in the 80s to flip a car over and that it just keeps happening. And you're like, why are they doing these things? It makes no sense. But they just somebody just hated cars and wanted to destroy as many as possible during the filming of this movie. Next awesome thing. I can't remember if this is from the first movie or not. In the first movie, did the demons have acid blood? I don't recall. I don't think so. I don't remember that, but it was cool. I mean, it was stolen from Alien, but it was cool in Alien, so why wouldn't it still be cool in this? No shit. I was going to say, I do love... So, I wish they that they would have made a million more of these movies because the premise of how this thing spreads is so fucking great. It's because it's like anything. If it bites you, you're going to turn into a demon. Scratches you, you're a demon. Kills you, you're a demon. Uh, one of the drop of its weird fucking blood burns your hand. Demon. <laughs> you know, like, there's no escape. Fuck you. Your dog eats some gross shit off the floor. Demon dog. That demon dog scene is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> that demon dog scene's great. There have been so many movies. The one that popped to mind is, what was that shitty werewolf movie that Wes Craven did? Cursed? Yeah. Where they're just like, wouldn't it be cool if like a dog could turn into this, whatever beast it is? Or like that shitty Angley Hulk movie did that where they're like, what if the dogs got turned into Hulks? Here's a movie that finally gets it right where they're just like, what if the dog became a demon? And they do the full like close up on its mouth where you see its teeth growing out and shit. And it just becomes a real demon dog and starts running around. And you're like, that's amazing. I'm so happy there's a demon dog in this movie. (laughs) Demon Uh, dog, little demon boy, the demon boy. And then that fucking gremlin thing that comes out of him. I'm like, oh, it's great. It's so much fun to watch. That's the the special effect on the gremlin is somehow so good and so fucking completely bad at the same it's time. Just, there's a couple times where it's moving and it's blatantly just on a string and somebody's like bobbing it. You know what I mean? They did their best. Um. So I'm just looking stuff up. Apparently there is a movie called Demons 3 The Ogre. It was also directed by Lombardo Bava. Really? 
So I guess there that is feels a feels like it's I want to say I want I think I heard Joe Bob talk about this one time about the demons movies and that there's some weird crazy order to the canon of it all. No. I don't believe I don't believe your use of the term canon is appropriate. <laughs> well, well it's something it's something like Demons 3 is actually Demons 4, but it was released in another country and it didn't get released in this other market until this other point. But by then they had already made this other demon movie. And because there hadn't been a Demon 3 in that market, they called it Demon 3. So yeah, Demon yeah. Demon 4 is Demon 3. And you yeah, because the church, the church still has AK Demons 3, like in the other titles on IMDb. Right. So. And there's also a movie called The Sect from 1991 that's listed as AKA Demons 4. Okay, well, The Church is not a demons movie. It just isn't. Like, it's not in the... It has some demons in it, maybe, but not these types of demons. Not cool shit like this going on. Oh, no. Uh, and The Sect was co-written by Dario Argento. Yeah, so that feels like just marketing people just going, ah, just tag it onto this other more successful series. Why not? The Mask of Satan... A.K.A. Demons 5. Jesus. Uh, they marketed the shit out of these movies. It's so weird, because it's not like Demons and Demons 2 are such well-known films outside of, like, an immediate horror genre. Directed by Lombardo Bava. Yeah. Anyways, do we want to talk about how the one guy in this movie was fucking John McClane? Because, <laughs> like, there's that... The guy that had to take, like, the college test the next day, and he's just like, yeah, I guess I'll crawl through the uh, elevator shaft. Why not? Yeah, and then he eventually gets up there, and he tears the sleeves off his shirt for reasons. <laughs> so he's just, his giant arms can be exposed, and he's just, like, he's just, he's literally, like, a yuppie who works some office job and is going to school at night. But he's in such good shape that he can scale down the side of a building with his pregnant wife just hanging off his back. That shit is insane. It's uh, so funny that that one guy is just an action star for no reason. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. He's kind of a bitch because in the first movie, our protagonist got on a dirt bike with a fucking katana <laughs> and, and went all 45 mile an hour against you on some motherfuckers. So that's this, this the standard just, this guy was being held to. Right. And this dude just John McClane's down the side of a building. Fuck him. What about when the demon chased him down the side of the building, though? The head demon, whatever her name was. That's pretty dope. And then he stabs her with a pole. Yeah. That's pretty good. Because he John McClane's down the building and then commandos her to death at the end with the big pole through the chest. So, that's pretty good. Demons uh, 3 The Ogre was apparently a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. Let's stop talking about those movies. I don't want to hear about those movies. Well, I'm, I'm confident they're all garbage. There's also The Black Cat. AKA Demon Six Armageddon, and somehow there it's based off of the Edgar Allan Poe story, The Black Cat. Yeah, it probably ties right into this. <laughs> nicely, then. The the Italian name for uh, Demons Three is La Casa del Orco. I fucking love that shit. Dark Tower, the... AKA Demon Seven Inferno. What the fuck? That's <laughs> rabbit holes. Way deeper than I thought it, it was. Construction of a skyscraper is being haunted by a ghost. And so they go back to the apartment building montage. The funny thing is, this one's in 1989, whereas Demons 5 was released in 1991. So 
Uh, I'm sure it's fine. Wait, um, and I think I think Demons Three was also 1989. <laughs> it was uh, also 1989. Um. So what do we think of the little kid just running around this entire movie? Is he's got bad parents? He does. Although I suppose it's Italy in the 80s. And the, the Italians are notoriously chill. And I, know, I know here in the 80s, uh, parents left their kids at home all the fucking time. Yeah, but like a kid who's like seven? It looks like she's just going out to to have a Tinder date. That's about <laughs> it. It's not like she's working or anything. She's like, look, I need to go get laid. So you're going to stay home by yourself. I'm going to go out and get some dick. And then uh, maybe I'll come back uh, to make you breakfast. Well, so let's have the discussion. Who's the worst parent then? Those ones are the ones who go out to dinner and leave the teenagers home to have a party. And then the dad is just so unnecessarily angry about it, even though he clearly agreed to it. And he's just like, he's eating like pub food sitting on like the side of a fucking fountain, which sounds like a pretty nice time to me. And he's like, I can't believe I have to eat out here like a dog. And I'm like, what is this guy so angry about? He's slumming it. Just enjoy your burger, man. It's fine. Do you think maybe that was Dario Argento writing that about some real world situation with Asia Argento throwing a party and, and being like, God damn it, I'm Dario fucking Argento. I should not be sitting in the piazza eating a goddamn panini. Well, I hope not because she was in this film. She's she's this movie she looked like she's like 10. Yeah. So. Maybe unless he was predicting the future. Uh, he was just mad that he couldn't put her on screen naked yet so (laughs) awkward Um, I just think it's weird to be a director and be like yeah my daughter will take her top off in my movie it's fine I I don't disagree (laughs) but again he didn't direct this one so yeah but still you know he was on set anyway um, so what was up? I mean, the chick who's throwing the party, mm-hmm. she's like the most emo person ever. She it's, was, it, it was her party and she was going to cry if she wanted to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she threw a fit about everything constantly. <laughs> Fuck. I hated her. I was so glad when she got turned into a demon. It's like, you deserve this. She did. She it was my like it's her party and they're like, Oh, this guy called, so we just told him he could come over. And she loses her mind and goes in the other room, and then what does she do? Like she's in the other room. She's not even that upset because all she does is turn on the TV and watch the demon hunting movie. Like <laughs> it's like, what is your problem? Oh, I didn't like her. I did like her her transformation scene though is one of the highlights of the movie that close-up on her mouth where, like, the demon teeth are growing in and knocking her other teeth out, it looks so good. That might be my, like, favorite gore moment of the whole movie, to be honest. You know you know who in this movie fucks up real bad? Who? The two that are stuck in the elevator. Because if they just stayed there, they'd have been fine. They should have they stayed in that goddamn elevator. John, John McLean doesn't play that way. 
<laughs> he was getting out of that elevator one way or the other. That guy Oops. full on climbs the elevator wires from where, whatever, wherever they're hanging all the way up to the top of the building. <laughs> yeah, how, how did she become a demon? Because the one guy got killed and was laying with his face up against the door, bleeding into the elevator. That was enough, huh? Yeah, the blood got on her, I guess. Yeah. I guess. That's, well, Auntie, gra- remember, he wakes up and he like grabs her by the hair. Oh, yeah, okay. And oh, all, all it takes is one little scritchy scratch. Yes. Luckily, John McClane was halfway up the fucking building by then, so... <laughs> that scene of him, like, hanging from the elevator wires and kicking at that demon that's hanging from the other wire, because for whatever reason, elevators always have two wires in movies. I don't even know if that's real or not. <laughs> but... That's amazing. He's just hanging there with no nothing supporting him. Just and I'm like, yep, that's that's just a thing a person could do. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys like that this apartment building had a tanning bed for use by all the tenants that would use it naked? <laughs> that was a thing in this movie. Listen, <laughs> they needed some teats. <laughs> I was going to get them teats. Just the, the demon just runs in and closes it on her, and apparently it's hot <laughs> enough to just cook her right there. Apparently. That's what takes out the power for the whole building, too, isn't it? Apparently if you yeah. slam the lid of a tanning bed hard enough, it'll knock out the power for an entire building. That's back whenever, like, the entire uh, apartment building was on one circuit. <laughs> one breaker. That's, that's back when people didn't do research before making movies is what that is. <laughs> Fuck, we blew that fuse again. <laughs> I mean, that happened somebody, in... Uh... Somebody on the 12th floor was running that fucking hair dryer while somebody had the uh, washing machine on. That happened in uh, Tales from the Dark Side of the movie. They're all uh, just on uh, one breaker. Yep. Uh... That was a much smaller building for the record. That's true. Is it? Is anybody else surprised that the pregnant lady lives? Uh, I kind of wanted her baby to become a demon and crawl its way out of her, but then when the gremlin crawled out of the little kid's body, I'm like, oh, I guess we're not getting that now. You're not. Uh, the trivia on this said that that was the original plan, that the baby would turn into a demon and claw its way out of her stomach, killing her. And that uh, Dario and Bava decided that was they wanted a happy ending since the last movie ended on a down note. And oh, changed that's unfortunate. It. So, see what's funny about that though is like they still kind of tease it because we're, our introduction to that character is like a two minute long close up on her pregnant belly while she's exercising in spandex because it's the eighties, and it's like okay, that's putting it in my head that something cool is going to happen with that baby. <laughs> And then nothing does, and I'm like, well, it's a little bit of a letdown. You probably should have edited that scene out. I was going to say, and it's a crazy Italian splatter movie, and you know them Italians, they they like to get fucking dirty. Yep. That's why this movie's making us all so happy. (laughs) That was so good. I would... I would put it on equal footing to the first movie. I would say see, it's a sequel, and it's just as entertaining as the one before it. I agree with that. I think they're like they're both recommends for me, and they're I just. The, I think the first one's fun. maybe slightly better. I was going to say I enjoy both of them, but I think I enjoy the first one better just. 
because I like some of the characters better, and I like the setting of being trapped in a movie theater, and uh, I don't know. And I think overall, I think the special effects in the first movie are better than the special effects in the second movie. I don't know why that is, but I don't know. That's a tough one. I think I have to see them back to back to make that comment specifically. But There's just a lot more oozy, green, pus grossness in the first one. Yeah. In this one, it's just more sharp teeth and a uh, screaming girl in a black dress running toward a camera. Yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> That may have been an overused visual. Well, a few times I think they used the same shot, too. And it's like, I guess it's an apartment building. All the hallways look the same, so whatever. (laughs) But the the, the other thing I couldn't get my head around in this one was just, like, all those giant muscle men that apparently work out in this gym in this apartment building. Like, it's not even, like, a public gym where, like, people would, like, get a membership. It's just for people who live in the apartment building. And apparently enough of them in this apartment building are just giant muscle men. <laughs> like, that doesn't I, make any sense to me. I, I also like the fact that the guy who apparently either owns or runs the place is like, I'm gonna lock up. Quit using the machines. And two of the guys are like, no. And he's like, all right, then. Well, I'm just going to lock you in here. It's going to work out all night. Because <laughs> he turns the lights off and they're just still working out in the dark. <laughs> they're dedicated. That's what that is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else? No. I feel like I need some kind of a team up buddy cop movie with Samuel L. Jackson and Tony. <laughs> <laughs> That should have fucking happened, especially back in the 80s. That's See, funny. and I felt like that should have been uh, him and Ken Foray. All right. There's room for a series of these movies, you know. No, there's seven just, demon just, movies. Just, Tony meets X. <laughs> Tony meets Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Come on, you fat motherfuckers. <laughs> Pile them chairs in front of the door. <laughs> <laughs> all right Um, uh, i I wish we were going to break based on that statement by the way i just that would we should i wish we discussed these movies in the other order just so that could be what happened right before the mcdonald's commercial kicks in or whatever (laughs) that would be great um so we teamed this up with another apartment building movie that got assaulted by demons uh, that had a number two after it. So we teamed it up with Rec 2, which takes is place. It, is it Rec 2 or is it Rec Squared? Because of the way they fucking write it. <laughs> they do the little two in the superscript at the top. I don't like it. It's Rec 2. That's it. Your real complaint about this? Oh, oh he, he's got I a have lot, many complaints. So. I start with the name of the film. I just like <laughs> the way they write it. Uh, so this movie takes place 15 minutes after the last movie. Um, and the building, of course, is still under lockdown. They are sitting in a SWAT team to kind of assess the damage. And accompanying them is going to be somebody from the health department although what do they call it ministry of health and yes. uh so all the all the SWAT members have of course have cameras on their helmets 
And I think as Doug pointed out on Instagram, they're told like five times in a row to make sure they record everything. Yep. Just, and, they just keep yelling it. Just, just make sure everyone knows that we're going to record everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they end up going in and start going sort of apartment to apartment, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, and then about halfway through you the movie. forgot to mention the name of her show was While You Were Sleeping. Well, that was the first movie. Say what? So that was the first movie. The fuck are you talking about? She says it 20 times at the beginning of this movie. Did you watch the right movie? I watched Wreck 2. I don't remember hearing him say that 20 times. The TV show is not necessarily a plot point in this movie. I don't know. We'll see. I guess. So uh, they're going apartment to apartment trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. About halfway through the movie, we get a perspective shift. To a group of kids that have uh, snuck into the building with a camcorder and have started filming the shenanigans going on from their side. And then by the end, uh, there's another shift, but we can discuss that when we get to it. So Noah, how much did you hate this movie? Well, if it's the same movie that you guys watched, which I don't think it is. (laughs) Uh, Did you watch the wrong movie? Well, somehow I think I watched the first one. You did. Which I'm not exactly sure how I did that. Because you did, because I, like, I watched it, like, the day before I watched this one. Yeah, because I, like, followed a link to it. And maybe I watched the wrong one. I don't know. I, I have oh. never watched any of this series. Because let, let me say the first thing. I fucking hate found footage movies. I fucking hate them. I hate them all. They're all garbage. The best one is garbage. <laughs> like, Cro- Chronicle? I almost enjoy watching it. It's still kind of a fucking garbage movie. All right. Well, uh-huh. I'm putting Cannibal Holocaust on the list just so I can call you out when you say you like it. I don't. Well, here's the thing. I don't particularly like Cannibal Holocaust. I they kill a lot of like, animals in that movie. I definitely don't like that movie. It's, it's very, it's very upsetting. Right, I mean, so if, if you want like... to make somebody uncomfortable, it's number one. Yeah. But so I watched the first one instead of the second one. Apparently. Yeah. So you're watching with uh, with what's her face, who's following firemen around, and they go, yes, they go to a call at this building. Okay, well you didn't even watch the second one then. Okay, well good. I'm never going to because this was fucking oh. garbage. Well, you should because I like it. Wreck two is to wreck one as aliens is to alien. They definitely get a budget bump, okay. and it becomes okay. much more of an action movie. So here's the thing. Sure. Alien was a great movie. Sure. And Aliens is a great version of that great movie. (laughs) So this was a hot fucking garbage pile movie. (laughs) And you're telling me they made a slightly higher budget (laughs) version of this hot, steamy garbage pile movie. All right. Well, I... I pulled out. I will, I will cease complaining because I'm talking about the wrong movie. <laughs> well, and I'm going to go right ahead and say that, like, if you just hate all found footage movies, then your opinion on found footage movies is tainted. Yeah, like there's no, yeah. there's really no, well, no point I, in I, commenting. Once, once again, I 100% agree that that is true, but I think even if this was not a found footage movie it would still have been a shit movie. I remember enjoying the first one. And I'll be honest, like I'll spoiler alert. I enjoyed the second one too. Madness. 
And I will say I, I think I, I enjoyed the second one a little bit better than I did the first one. Yeah, I haven't seen the first one since we talked about it on the show, and I was thinking about rewatching it, but I didn't. So, I, I mean, I won't directly compare the two, but I'll just say like, I, I think the atmosphere was pretty consistent. Yes, this one is uh, faster-paced, more action-oriented. I liked the the shift when we started following the uh, the other cameras. Thought that was an interesting way to keep things going without just having the same thing happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. I liked kind of the the twist where the explanation for the sickness is revealed, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Did we did we learn that in the first one? We didn't know that going uh, in. We, uh, we at did. the very end, they go into the attic and they start doing some weird post hoc explanation about a girl who was possessed that apparently it's some kind yeah. of uh Okay. I, I don't even fucking get it because it sounds like yeah. it's some kind of scientific experiment that the Catholic Church is involved in. Uh, yeah, you, you're sort of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I don't. It, so another thing, I don't like zombie movies that mm-hmm. think they have a clever idea for why there are zombies. Sure. In that, these aren't, in these that aren't zombies. So just so we're clear, these 100 percent are zombies. These are these are demons. No. These are zombies that they call demons, but they are 100% fast zombies. Well, I mean, they were kind of were in the last movie, too. Yeah, you can make well, that argument about anything if you're just going to say, well, they're zombies, except they follow these sets of rules that are made for demons. I was I was going to say, they don't grow super giant fangs, and maybe they do in the second movie. They sure did in the first movie. The first movie, they're just people who get bit and then die and then come back and start biting people, which is... That's that's what a zombie is. Sure. Zombies anyway. don't start. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So this very much builds on the end of the first one. Having watched these two like twenty four hours apart, uh, Doug, to re- sort of reiterate what you were sort of talking about, um, they like continue this seamlessly. And it's the same writers and directors. And they pretty much, it's just, it's seamless. Like, they go right into it. Pretty much a very similar um, feel to it. Very similar atmosphere. But it is obvious they got a, uh, a budget bump. Because they do a lot more in this movie than they did in the first movie. Well, there's a lot more guns going off and a lot more, like... Guns, kids crawling across the ceiling. Yeah. Just craziness. Yeah. And uh, it's great watching them back to back because there's lots of stuff that I don't know if you would catch um, having not watched it back to back. Yeah, Uh, I felt that way watching the second one. I felt like, okay, am I mm -hmm. am I getting the full experience of this? Because it's been so long since I watched the first one. Yeah, they uh, the zombies that are zombies. See, see what you did, Noah, the demons. (laughs) They come running down from upstairs uh, partway into it, and there's just like a swarm of them. If you kind of pay attention, you see characters from the first movie that are... That's awesome. ...demonized that you recognize. You're like, oh, yeah, there's the Asian lady, and there's the bald guy from, from, you know, the fire department or whatever. So they, uh, they do a good job sort of connecting them. And, like, I don't know. 
this is a building that someone owns that they never do anything with. Because, I mean, it looked like they literally just kept shooting after they were done with the first one. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a building that's been almost like preserved specifically for this use kind of thing. Yeah. If it's, you know, maybe it's been emptied for one reason or another and they just rent it out for people who shoot movies or host events or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, uh, stuff is just set up very similar and, um, like, all the articles and stuff on the wall look look pretty much like they're in the exact same position. So they either took uh, super great set photographs and redressed it or I don't know. Like, whoever did all that was just amazing. And then uh, they even run into the to the same demon lady that was the first one they ran into in the first movie. And they enter <laughs> See, one I, of the I apartments. thought that was great. Yeah. yeah, they enter one of the apartments, and it's like a lady in like a, uh, like a nightgown. But she's got yep. blood all down the front of her and stuff. Yeah, that's the that's the first lady they run into in the first one that sort of sets everything off. The old lady? Uh in the very yeah, in the very first movie, like the first person they go in and they run into is like that old lady with like long hair or whatever. Yeah. She's wearing like the yeah, the nightgown and stuff. Yeah, she shows up again. Creepy. Yep. That's, that's impressive film work and attention to detail. And I think stuff like that is like, it's what elevates this above the, all the found footage garbage that came out in this era. Like there was that decade of just like so much found footage nonsense being dumped. And every now and again, there were good ones. I think for me, the rec series is, well, the two that I've seen are both qualify as good ones. Obviously, you know, Blair Witch and Cloverfield are other ones that are like, okay, yeah, I like those ones. Um, the so Clo- much garbage. Cloverfield's the exception for me. I like Cloverfield. Well, there yeah, you go. Cloverfield's good. But, I mean, like like my point being, there was so much junk out there, and I think it is, you know, what you're, what you're pointing out is all this attention to detail and these returning characters and all this. All that is helping me understand why I think this is a better movie than those other, even though I didn't notice those things, mm-hmm. but this isn't just people, you know, who found a way to shoot a movie cheap. This yeah. is people who are actually making a film because they want to make a good movie. Yeah. And, I think and uh, it comes through. The big one is there's a guy outside who keeps trying to get in because he says his wife and his daughter are sick and he mm-hmm. went to the pharmacy to get medicine for him. And if you watch the first one, there is a lady with her young daughter saying her husband ran out to get medicine and that they should let him in. But, you know, they keep saying they're not going to yeah. let anybody in or whatever. And, and their dog apparently started the whole infection. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but apparently the dog plays a part in part three that I think is supposed okay. to be going on at the same time as all this. That's interesting. Yeah, I checked it out because I, I actually bought the uh, box set, the rec box set from Shout Factory when they released it, Scream Factory. And, uh, yeah, same writers and directors for all four movies. So, because it's like oh, a directing good. directing duo. So, at least they were able to keep it consistent. I'm definitely interested in checking out the other two to see how, uh, how if it sort of keeps holding up or it starts to fall apart. Uh, cause, yeah, because like I said, the, their ability to create atmosphere, I think, really works. I think the visuals are good. The, all the demons are just you know kind of gross enough without without being the overtop 
almost comedy demons of the last movie we just talked about, which was great, but you wouldn't want that in this movie. They kind of managed to not go that far. Mm-hmm. Now, I dug this stuff, too, when they get towards the end, and maybe this is spoilery stuff, but where they realize that they can only see some of the demons through the uh, night vision, like, filming. Yeah. And so they keep turning it on and off, and the room looks very different with it on and off. I thought some of that was really cool. I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah, I like the idea. It's that... interesting. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird. But... I kept in my head going, like, how does it make sense? And then I kept going, why would it make sense? Like, we're already dealing with magic demons and shit. Okay, they show up on this type of camera and not that type of camera, I guess. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, what's the point of worrying about the rules? They're the ones making up the rules and they said it works this way. So mm-hmm. I was fine with it. Yeah. But I liked uh-huh. the idea that, like, some of them, like, could physically interact even though you couldn't see them and stuff. I, I figured out how I ended up watching the wrong one. Oh, that's good. Because on, I was trying to find it for rent because it wasn't for rent fucking anywhere. And I went to just watch and just watch said it was for rent on, uh, Fandango now. Mm-hmm. And so I took their link there and it linked me to the first movie because only the first movie is available. <laughs> for rent. So we can all be thankful that my, my see, this is, this is $3 worth of, of irritation. If I had, been forced to pay $13 and had watched this movie I'd no, burn no. this bitch down if, if, stuff is, if it's to the point where you can only watch it by paying $13 I would just say just don't watch it it's fine right turns out you didn't watch it anyway so it doesn't matter right watch the wrong one <laughs> it'd be amazing if you spent $13 and watched the wrong movie although oh if, I, if I had known triple angry if I had known, I do have a digital copy of it because it was on YouTube for a while and I just saved it off there just in case I ever wanted to watch it. But then I bought uh, I bought the box set. So, so no, if you really want to catch up, I can send it to you. I don't think I'm ever going to watch one of these again. <laughs> well, next week we're doing uh, Wreck 3. <laughs> Listen. If I wanted to watch a bad found footage zombie movie, I would watch Survival of the Dead. <laughs> that is a fair assessment. It's at least at least that's a Romero movie. Anyway, um, I don't know. Do you have any favorite parts? That... Um, oh, it's hard to say. I liked a lot. I liked a lot. What I liked with the movie was mainly the atmosphere. Um, so that was kind of prevalent throughout. Mm-hmm. Um. I kind of liked it when that little girl shot the wrong person in the head. Oh, Jesus. They're just yelling at her to shoot him, and she just pulls the trigger, and it's like, oops, wrong one. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, I, I found that pretty funny. Um, but, you know, and then she takes out the, the right one as well, and I was like, that's, like, that's still, like, because I think the characters felt believable to me, the idea of like that, like child, like whatever she is, like 13 or something, just shooting a thing in the head was like, I found it pretty impressive. So that part was pretty cool. Um, 
like I say, the the scene that I found really creepy was the one where there was that thing. One of the demons was crawling around, and you couldn't it couldn't see, so it was like listening for them. And whenever they'd turn on the night vision, you'd see it was like right up close to people, <laughs> and not quite interacting with them. I, I thought that was well done. Yeah, and that was the uh, that was the big reveal from the end of the first movie. Is that crazy looking? Yeah, demon lady, creepy. Whatever that was. I like the part where whatever was, the one demon thing fell through the ceiling too, and they all like freaked out. That was more of an action <laughs> moment, but I enjoyed it. Um, I did kind of like, and I guess this is somewhat spoiler. Where the dad with the medicine finally gets into the house or into the apartment building and the cops just like unload on him and shoot him. And then they're just like, ah, fuck <laughs> it. Just dumped him over the rail, rail of the fucking yep. stairs. And he falls like five stars. But then like two seconds later, he's back up running up the stairs as a demon. Yeah, it was fun. We got that shot of him falling down the stairs twice too, from the two different camera angles. That's right. <laughs> That's I like that. I thought that was well done too when they did like when the cops like looked over the stairs and they saw the kids and then later we got the vision, the thing from the kids where they got to that same moment. It felt like they did a really good job on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just making it seem like we were getting the same moment recreated from a different angle. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yeah, overall I, I kind of liked it all. The ending was a bit weird. Do we want to get into a discussion of the ending? Yeah, we can do that. It's a little spoilerish, so if you don't really want to know, you can skip ahead to the next segment. But I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, so so the chick from the other movie shows up, mm-hmm. and she's torturing them to... It turns out she's a demon, which is not exactly... A, I don't consider that even really a twist. I'm, no. It's pretty, pretty evident, right? But okay. So maybe, she's, like, torturing them. Maybe the twist was that she's sort of been turned into, like, the main demon, sort of. Yeah. That was confusing, but... It was a bit confusing. I didn't understand why she was the main demon, and none of these other ones were the main demon. And But the thing that bugged me was the part where she like tortures the priest for a while and it's like, okay, so she has a relationship with the priest kind of because he's involved with this whole weird experiment. Oh yeah. The guy from the ministry of health turns out to be a priest and was sent in to figure out what the fuck is going on with their little experiment. Yeah. Yeah, And essentially they talk about how they could make a vaccine out of the blood of the possessed kid. Cause Mm -hmm. there's there, there are lines of dialogue about, possession takes on like a physical form in the body and therefore you can actually treat it medically which is interesting but they don't really delve into it as far as I wish they had um, the thing that bugged me was when she at the end then can imitate his voice and basically get herself removed mm-hmm. from the building and it's like well why didn't she just do that like right away yeah. like why you know what I mean like <laughs> she could have done that by imitating the first firefighter that was on scene early in the movie. The idea that she was trapped in that building is all a lie. That part bugged me a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I didn't really care because it's not what the movie's about. The movie's more about the movie's, like I said, the movie's about the atmosphere and the cool visuals and all that and I enjoyed all that. It doesn't ruin it but it was kind of like it's a weird way to end your movie with 
like effectively it's the bad guys win, right? The demon has gotten out of the building where they had it trapped, but the method of her getting out is just, it feels like it could have happened at any time and everything we just watched was pointless. Yeah, pretty much. So that's, that's probably my biggest complaint about the movie. Um, I can't really I yeah. don't really have any other complaints about the movie yeah I, I can agree that's kind of a big plot hole but sometimes you just gotta like yeah plot holes yeah and like I said it's not like it's a big twist ending that changes the mythology in a way that hmm. kind of goes back and ruins everything so it's kind of easy to just ignore it but in the moment I was like oh really Um, so yeah, so the big twist is she actually, well, I mean, as far as we know, is going to get out of this building. Because yeah. everybody else has been trying to keep everything contained in the building. So. So when we cover the other movies, uh, whatever time you and I get mad at Noah and make him watch them, then we'll, uh, find out if she gets out in the sequels. Uh, hey, Noah, we're doing wreck movies. He's like, I'm going to be on vacation that week. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm interested. I need to check out uh, check out the other two in my box set. Yeah, I'll be curious out. to hear what you say about them, if they maintain the quality or if they kind of jump the shark. Yeah, well, I know the third one is almost completely different from the first two because it's at a different location, but it is still somewhat tied into the story just because... It happens because of what's going on in this building. But from the sounds of it, the fourth one kind of gets back to the main plot line of kind of what's going on okay. and stuff. So. so we'll see. We'll see if it, uh, see if it works. It's the, it's the prequel that happens one hour before the first movie. Yeah, pretty much. Did I mention, so I don't know if you guys watch this with subtitles or with that god-awful dub that they did on the first movie. I watched uh, subtitles. Uh, I don't think there's a release with the dub for the second one. Uh, there is for the first one because that's how I watched it because I knew I was doing something else. I couldn't yeah. read subtitles. So the dub on the first one's bad. And I mean like yeah, worse good, than 1970s good. Kung Fu bad. And the Asian lady, whenever it gets to her, is the most racist thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought that up. So I didn't have to bring it up later. later. Oh, that's awesome. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if the, they're doing it that racist in whatever language this movie was filmed in Spanish, but yeah, her, I mean, she's doing a, and it's clearly not an Asian person doing the voice. It's clearly some white lady <laughs> doing a racist Asian lady. Yeah. It's real fucking bad. <laughs> it is bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can explain how bad it is. <laughs> he upstairs. He upstairs. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you did it because I was debating should I should I just do it for an example, but or is that bad? I just do it. that that was me showing you how inappropriate it is, and that 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 horrible thing I just did does not come close to how bad it actually is. 
like I was yeah. I was taken aback for a moment by it. Like what? Yeah, I was pretty much it was someone's job to, to make this as bad as it is. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I missed that by watching with subtitles. <laughs> I'm just saying and because the dub and because the dub is so bad and they make no attempt to like line the mouths up at all. Uh not only does it come off as this racist weird impression of a person, it comes off as almost MST3K-esque that it's just somebody shouting a horrible racist Asian impression <laughs> over an Asian person on screen. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, what did everybody watch this week? Uh, Noah, you got a bunch of stuff? Uh, not a lot of stuff. Just a lot of one thing. Um, I watched <laughs> the whole first season of Dark Side of the Ring, finally, because it's on Hulu now. Yeah. Okay. It was really good. I thought I thought the weird thing is though it was like wildly inconsistent. Yeah. Because they would they would do a couple stories that you're super engaged in and you're like, Yeah, yeah, this is really fucking like the Miss Elizabeth stuff, I was like, This is actually all really interesting. I didn't know any of this stuff. And you know, Bruiser Brody obviously is really, really cool. Mm. But then there was a couple other episodes. I'm trying to remember the problem is they were so inane that I can't even hardly remember what they were about but there was one or two episodes that I was like I don't give a fuck like why are we talking about this no, the Montreal Screwdrop episode no see cause that one that one was alright that one was all right. pretty interesting okay. I just felt like oh. I mean since I'm a big wrestling fan I guess I just felt like it was retreading a bunch of shit that I've already known about since it happened but I do, th- I do think it's interesting that at the end they leave you with the question of was it was it a work or wasn't it which is it's a silly question in my mind it's it was not a work like i don't don't know but some of the stuff a couple people point out it kind of makes sense they're like you know brett the hitman Hart, who lived and breathed wrestling his entire life he's he's the one that goes on tv and then vince mcmahon's reaction to it is to break kayfabe which is also super weird and the fact that like whenever he spit on his face they had a camera ready to catch it well they cameras in well in focus in a perfect shot though like on mcmahon's face when this is supposed to have nothing to do with, you know what i mean this is supposed to completely be spontaneous there's just like like i said i'm not a conspiracy person and it probably was not a work i i think of all the things that are easy to believe, Vince McMahon being a piece of shit is pretty easy to believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should watch uh, Bret Hart wrestling with shadows because they were filming a documentary about him while it happened. So you can right. see a lot of that stuff from a different perspective. Yeah. What's, what was the other episode? Oh, Moolah. The stuff about Moolah I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Although I thought it was very interesting that they took almost the exact opposite approach 
where they were like, here's the evil rumor thing. And now let's kind of pull that apart a little bit because it's probably not true. <laughs> like, I found I like, think... a, lot, a lot of the stuff with the Moolah one I found was it's like that's just what wrestling is. Like people don't want to give up their title. So they fucking screw do backroom deals. So they get to be champion longer and screw over the young talent and people get hurt. They get kicked out of the thing. And you're like, yeah, that's just what they do. Like it's, yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was the most interesting thing. Cause the, the one chick who tells the story of her breaking her neck and she can't wrestle anymore. And basically, Moolah gives it's this weird setup where you're not exactly sure if Moolah was pressuring her into sleeping with a guy for money or if she was just like, you can't wrestle anymore and you need money and this is a way for you to make money, which is kind of the impression that I got is what she was doing. You know what I mean? But at the end, she's the one who comes off with all this through the whole thing. She just hates Mula and hates her and hates her and hates her. And at the end, she's like, she's not a fucking pimp. Like, you're all wrong. Quit being assholes. I fucking hate her yeah. guts. She's not a pimp. <laughs> yeah, but even her, it's like she's the one that hates fucking Mula. And it's she hates her because she kicked her out of the wrestling school when she couldn't wrestle anymore. I don't know that that's like, what do you, I don't know what, what, do you, what, what else was supposed to happen there? Right. Right. What, what are you supposed to do? Like, you can't wrestle anymore. You're you, not a wrestler. Yeah. You, you, you broke your back or whatever. And it's, it sucks that like in some jobs, when you sustain a certain injury, you're out and you know, it sucks. You didn't have better insurance or whatever. Like it, it, in, in, the, in a good world, you'd have all those things, but you can't, stay at the wrestling school and take up a space if you can't do wrestling stuff like that's just not how it works oh and that's that's the other one the van eric's episode oh, oh god fuck. you know what the crazy thing is i kind of remember some of that but i only remember like two of them dying i was like i, I remember there being two real tragic things and being like fuck that that sucks oh. for them then you watch that episode and it's like, no, five, <laughs> like five in two years. And you're like, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe in stuff like curses, but I mean, when they start like showing you this family, you're just like, well, I mean, maybe. But yeah. What a tragic family. It's great. It's I really thought it was nuts, too, that uh, like, you know, they've got the one living Von Eric, you know, Mm -hmm. talking to the whole thing. And that dude is just so, I don't know, stoic and and honest and reflective about the whole thing. It, it, It kind of I think it takes the edge, you know, the show that's supposed to be about this is the most fucked up stuff in wrestling. But this is like. This is the most fucked up stuff in wrestling. And look at how shining and fucking <laughs> miraculously positive this man came out of all that. Like, it's like he's living in Florida or not Florida in Hawaii in like a fucking tropical paradise. And he never wears shoes and it's <laughs> just super chill all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just wait till you get to season season two. Like uh, me and Amanda watched the because the very first episode is the two parter about Benoit. Yeah. So there was some some tears shed by both of us when we watched it. I was I was gonna say I almost don't want to watch it. Yeah. 
rough. That was a tough one. That was a really tough one because it's it's just such a sad story. He really the fucked up thing is it's one of those things too where he really was one of those wrestlers that I really really liked watching. Oh yeah, I have some great memories because they came to town all the time back when WCW was you know going really good. And there was a house show where me and my brother and sister went, and we were like five rows back from ringside. And Benoit was wrestling Eddie Guerrero. So, you know, the match itself was fantastic. But then we had a bunch of guys sitting right behind us who were super vocal, and they made it so much more fun. Like, they just kept yelling stuff at Eddie Guerrero because Eddie Guerrero would do the heel shit where, like, you know... He'd fall to his knees and hug the ref because he was afraid Benoit was going to hit him. And the guys behind us would be like, leave him alone, Guerrero. Don't fuck with the ref. I'm going to beat you up. And they started chanting the ref's name. Then they chanted, like, Crippler, like, over and over. And, of course, Benoit looked over at us and held up, the, you know, the old Four Horsemen salute. So, like, I have all those. And then, yeah. Like, you know, years later, it's like, oh, this is one of the most horrible tragedies ever. And. I'm not really allowed to enjoy Benoit stuff anymore. Have they done Have they done an episode about Guerrero yet? Well, the Benoit no. one kind of covers it. Yeah, I don't know if there was anything super controversial about his death. Well, I know he had yeah, a lot was... of drug issues, and then he ended up yeah. having basically heart, his heart came out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he had issues, but I don't think anything, like, well, I, I'm scandalous. thinking they could they could probably do a episode just on the Guerrero family. I mean, there's only thirty of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. That was the episode I didn't give a fuck about. Uh, God damn it! I can't even remember that wrestler's name. The stupid one that was doing all the cocaine deals and stuff, and then died of an overdose. And some people thought it was murdered. Oh and, yeah, uh, gorgeous Gino. Gino, that's right. See, I didn't give I didn't give a shit about that. I was like, oh, the coked up guy who fucking died. Like, yeah, he died because he did a bunch of cocaine. Because if you it's, do enough cocaine, you die. I was going to say, as it turns out, when you do cocaine by the cereal bowl, that's not good. It's not good for you. <laughs> yeah. That should have been the slogan instead of Let's just say no. <laughs> turns out, if you do it by the cereal bowl, that's not good. Uh, the Dino Bravo episode of season two is really good. Yeah, I like that one a lot. That one's weird. Yeah, and uh, like I said, the Owen Hart one is the season finale, and that one's that one's a little little sad to get through too. Basically, it just reaffirms that uh, being a nice guy in wrestling really does you no good. <laughs> you, you, you that sounds like, about right. You could be the best person in the entire world, and it turns out. Bad shit can still happen to you. I mean, the in the Brody one, of course, is all fucked up with the fact that basically that dude just murdered a dude and got away with it. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Bruiser Brody going into that one. And I, I think it was like one day, like when Brian talked about it on the podcast, and it was like literally when we were done recording, I'm just like, well, I got to watch that now. <laughs> and so I literally watched it like on my computer, like shut down Skype, turned on the internet and watched it. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I was going to say that the crazy thing is that watching the episode, I was like, okay, well, that story's nowhere close to the story that I had always heard. Something about, I'd always been heard that like Brody and 
uh, Invader were in the locker room and just got into some kind of a fight. And basically, Invader pulled out a pocket knife and stabbed him two times in the stomach or something, and he died. You know, that's the story I had always heard. And I was like, this is nowhere close to that. This dude clearly brought a big-ass knife and intentionally was trying to murder him. I think you're thinking of the Sid Vicious Arn Anderson fight. Maybe. could itself be an episode of Dark Side of the Ring where they got... They got into an argument at a hotel room, and Sid Vicious pulled out a pair of scissors and stabbed Arn Anderson a couple times. Jesus! And it was even referenced once when they were trying to be edgy on WCW. It's when they were they were rebooting WCW when Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo were in charge, oh, and so yeah. they were vacating every title, and holding tournaments to figure out you know who would be the new champions. And Sid was the world champion at the time, and you know. Bischoff went to get his title from him, like physically grab it from him. And Sid didn't want to give it up. And he's like, what, what are you? And he, Bischoff told Sid, like, what are you? You, you scared without your scissors? And everybody's just like, what? And then Sid's like, what? And then he said it again. And I'm just like, did they really just make a reference to him? Totally real life stabbing somebody with a pair of scissors on TV. What the fuck? Nice. Um, Best yeah, thing is if, you go, if you go on YouTube, you can find people telling that story of Arn Anderson and Sid Vicious. Because I guess like they fell into like the hotel room, like hallway, and there was like some of the other wrestlers were just like sitting at the lobby bar, like drinking, and they look up and they see him like fighting and stabbing <laughs> each other. And he's like, "Oh, oh, look at that! <laughs> it just seems to be getting a little out of control over there." I think. I was going to say, the thing that got me about Brody was whenever they're telling the story, they're like, so he's laying there. They call for an ambulance. It takes the ambulance 45 minutes. Finally, that the ambulance guys can't get him into the ambulance. So one of the other wrestlers has to carry him onto the gurney so that they can put him in the ambulance. They get to the hospital, and then he's sitting in the hospital waiting room bleeding to death. And he sits there for another 30-something minutes. You know, it's like, fuck. They could have saved him 20 times over. Like, if just one person had not been a worthless sack of shit. It's so sad. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm looking on YouTube right now. I did find a playlist that has all the Season 2 episodes on it. Some of them look like they're kind of mislabeled, but I still watch them. I found like every episode on YouTube when I was when it was airing. Yeah, Vice was putting them up for free, like right after they would air. But I think they've taken them all down since then. Yeah, I watched some of them through. I don't think Vice was available here, but they were on YouTube anyway. And I had like I had the streaming service that was doing it at the time, but it was just easier to call up YouTube and search it and watch it that way. <laughs> uh, did you watch anything else? No. No, no, that's pretty much it. What about you, Doug? Uh, pretty limited myself, actually. Oh, no, this will be short. Yeah, well, hockey's back, so I didn't have time for movies this week. Um, I think you I mean did. COVID on ice. No, hockey does not having COVID problems. They've established their bubbles extremely well, apparently. Now, baseball, baseball looks like probably not going to make it through the season without a bunch of people dying, which is 
I just love that they're like, well, Marlins aren't playing for a while. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Does that, like, are they even having a World Series? Are we even keeping track or is this all just for funsies this season? Yeah, like, what's, I don't get it. Like, what do you do if teams just can't play? And Toronto didn't even, doesn't even have, like, a home base right now because they're not allowed to travel in and out of Canada for games. So (laughs) they're just, they're just, like they're playing a bunch of games out of a some stadium in Buffalo, but <laughs> Buffalo doesn't have a major league baseball stadium, <laughs> so that's all very funny. But you know, because professional athletes dying of COVID is hilarious. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, they're getting paid lots of money to do it. I guess. Sure, why not? Um. Anyways. This is not a sports podcast, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to divert us into talking about sports all the whole time. So instead, I watched a not very good movie called uh, Terminator: Dark Fate. Oh, which is uh, spoiler! You told us what you felt about it. It's uh, it's either a sequel or it's a reboot of Terminator Two because they just use the same plot except they write in a shitty backstory to explain why Schwarzenegger is old now. Um, Which they have to do in every Terminator movie now. Yeah. Or just not have a minute. Like this... Has anybody else seen this movie? Fuck no. It's... It it is like... It's just Terminator 2, but now with a little more feminism added in. And it's like, okay... Fuck that bullshit. I don't care. Like, it's just, there's nothing interesting about it plot wise. And there's like the big twist in the middle, like the one girl that they're trying to save. She's like the new John Connor. Mm -hmm. And they're like, which I think, I guess, I I, I guess I wasn't paying enough attention because we were supposed to believe that she was going to give birth to the new John Connor. But then the big twist is that she actually is the John Connor. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, that's not a great twist. Um, so why am I watching this? And it's like the action's all fine, but it's like like in nineteen ninety two when Terminator Two comes out and it's really like I mean the main thing about that movie is special effects, but they were all super impressive for the time because it was shit we'd never seen before. And this is just standard action scenes and fight scenes that are Acceptable. I have no problem with them. If they were in an interesting movie, I'd probably enjoy them. But they're not. And then we get the weird backstory about how the Terminator is like a married carpet salesman or whatever the fuck it was. I don't even even remember. I only watched it a few days ago. But I'm like, I don't... That's not interesting. That's just clearly you writing an excuse for his hair to be white and for him to have a beard. Like, Uh. And like, we know from... like from T2 and from other things that like Schwarzenegger's capable of giving a funny comedic performance. So if you wanted to give a funny explanation as to what he's been doing this whole time, he's capable of doing it. So it's something in the writing and the directing and all that, that makes it just very bland. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't care the whole time. So that's, that's it. Yeah. Because, yeah. That, like I, I don't have anything. It, it, there's not, it's not even like it was a terrible movie. It was just, bland and boring which is kind of almost worse you know what sure. i mean like i can't even i can't even sit here and rant and rave about how bad it was it was like mm-hmm. yeah terminators traveled through time and they 
changed into the, the one, the, the more modern one, had to fight the older one. Like, I've seen it all before. Like, they need to find, if they want to keep doing Terminator movies, they need to find an interesting way to progress the story. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem interested in doing that. Yeah. Like, at least they tried that with whatever River Part 4 was called, Salvation. At least they tried to do something different with it. And it wasn't the most successful movie in the world, but at least it was not just retreading things over and over again. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, I think that's what people don't like about three is that it's basically just the same plot again. You know what I mean? Do they even address the striking of Genesis from uh, the timeline or do they just pretend that it doesn't exist? I think they just pretend it doesn't exist, but it's plausible that they said some stuff and I just wasn't paying enough attention. Again, the movie, the movie didn't really hold my interest, so that which is like my complaint about it. So to me, it's like, okay, I can't really say for sure that there wasn't dialogue in there that covered it, but yeah. this feels like it's a direct sequel to part two. Yeah, because I was kind of interested in Genesis when the trailer came out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, they're going and they're like essentially changing the original timeline. And I'm like, wow, that's perfect. I mean, for a time travel series, it opens yeah. it up so they can basically do anything now. Don't have to worry about the continuity of the first four movies. So then I, I saw it and they made John Connor a Terminator. And I'm like, no, God. Well, this was this was terrible. The first, like, 15 minutes of Genesis, where they were recreating scenes from the original movie, mm-hmm. that stuff was all cool. Yeah. And I'm like, and, like, I agree with you, right? What you're saying is that like, it's an interesting idea in a series that's all about time travel and time travel paradoxes and stuff. Why not have a movie that just completely alters the timeline and now we can go do something completely different if we want, right? Yeah. But, you know, like, they could have done... The, they could have done the Terminator dogs if they wanted to <laughs> in that timeline because they could have said, oh, in this timeline, they didn't develop a Terminator that looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They did something different. And then they just blew it. It was just, I, I don't know. The Terminator series for me, pretty much, you have like one is a great horror movie, two is a super fun action movie, three's okay. I know people like to hate on it, I think it's fine. I think it's fine um, too. Like it's not like the best, but I mean it's like eh. I mean, yeah. I mean we'll find out later. Hey, guess what? It could be worse. This yeah, is just fine. Really, like, like even four, I I haven't seen it since it was new, but I remember not hating it, but not really liking it either. Yeah. And then ever since then, it's just it's just, it's, it's really I think just time to give up. Yeah. It's almost time for a reboot of the series, like a, give it, let it sit for a while and then remake it with a new cast and some new ideas mixed in. But I feel like it needs, because uh, I know they did the TV series, but I feel like it needs a uh, hard R, like, TV reboot. If they're going to do it, I mean, they should just not do it as far as I'm concerned. But, like, you could build up a pretty good series with that mythology, and yeah. if you did it on like HBO Max or something and gave it a decent budget, like they're doing with like Westworld and stuff, I feel like it could be done pretty well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 
Yeah, see, keep, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see movies them that they have to, to retcon in the next movie. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they're done at least for a while. We'll see. Yeah. It's hard. To, it's hard to say, but if the, I, I don't know why they didn't like. After three, they clearly realized, okay, that that's played out. Like people didn't react very well to three, basically being a retread of two in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So why not just do the war? That's what people would want, right? Like just yeah. have the fucking war and have it literally have it end with John Connor fucking loading Cal Reese into the time machine. And there you go. That's what you do, right? But you would think they so. can't. Doesn't seem that complicated. What a fucking mess. Anyways. Yeah, and then that ends up being the only movie I watched this week, so how do you think I feel? <laughs> uh, I did watch the scene where they kill off famous character yeah. from the previous movies. John Connor. They kill John okay. Connor. Anyway. It's fine. You can just say it. Yeah. And they, they uh, just literally, like, it's they CGI a kid to look like him, I guess, or whatever they did. Yeah. Yeah, apparently Edward Furlong came in. Was there even any dialogue? I don't even remember. Uh, yeah, but it sounded like he was a kid, like almost like they were using dialogue from that was recorded at T two time. Like I haven't heard him talk recently, so maybe he still talks that way. But <laughs> still get that super high whiny voice. Yeah, so I don't know. They must have digitally altered his voice or whatever. But yeah, at which so point did, I'm like, why did you bring him back he, in? Like, lose a ton of weight and get in shape and kind of change his life to be in that movie. And then they, I don't think so. I don't even, I don't even know if like, it can't have been him physically on screen. I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. The, uh, the digital effects are pretty amazing. Yeah. But but it's like, the thing is like in, in like a post Marvel world where we've seen these movies that do like what Endgame did, it's like you can't just have a movie that's about visual effects come out now. No. Sorry, like that's just it, you're not going to be able to. I can't say that I shouldn't say you're not going to ever be able to top it. Maybe one day someone will, but right now it's like you've got to have something else to offer, and that comes with story and character and all that kind of stuff. And if all you've got is the the special effects and the interesting fight scenes, it's like it's not enough. Which is ironically, like when you look at something like the John Wick series, they're like with all this going on, they're like, you know what still works is actual people just actually fighting. Like that's what we will still hold our attention is get rid of all the special effects because that stands out now when they do that, right? Yeah. I was going to say it's almost more impressive now for people to be like, yeah, you thought that was all CGI. That was real, motherfucker. Yeah. Apparently that Tom Cruise mummy movie, that's one of the things is like it was so poorly made that there are scenes that appear to be CGI, but they actually did them. So they're like actually blowing up a building and they're like, oh, it just looks like crappy CGI. And it's like, no, we actually blew up a building to get that shot that you think looks like crappy CGI. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen the movie, so I shouldn't comment much, but it's just one of those things I heard. And I think that's hilarious. I think... Universal needs to sell the Universal monsters. <laughs> well, I mean, they need, they need to stop. They need to 
remember that the universal monsters belong in horror movies, not action movies. Once they figure that out, I think they'll be all right. They've become they've become like abusive parents. I feel like at this point they're just torturing their children. Yeah. Oh, I thought Invisible Man was pretty good. It's not an Invisible Man movie though. Right. Sure. And it has its it has its flaws as well. Sure. It's it's nowhere near as good as people made it out to be. It is like I enjoyed it, but it's not it wasn't the fucking masterpiece that people thought it was. I mean, I still think if you want to talk about good, not Invisible Man, Invisible Man movies, I think Hollow Man's still a better movie than that version of the Invisible Man. Yeah. Hollow Man is kind of, does rely kind of on the original mythos a little more. The idea that going invisible is kind of part of what drives you mad, I think is important to the Invisible Man story. I like the fact that they balance it out, though, where they're yeah. like, being invisible drives you crazy, but he was actually a bastard to begin with and was kind of planning on doing all this anyway. Yeah. Like some of the stuff he does is just stuff he would have done if he thought he could have gotten away with it before he was invisible, which is right. Yeah. I like that. I should, I rewatched hollow man after I watched invisible man. I'm like, it holds up pretty well. It's got a lot of good actors in it and it's, the special effects are surprisingly good for the time it came out in. It so, has some cheesy action moments, but yeah. I'm still excited for the Ryan Gosling Wolfman movie. That's potential. Just see. Uh, is that it, Doug? That is it, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty Ryan Gosling in a Wolfman movie doesn't seem good. Uh, but he's a really good actor, though. Yeah, he is a good actor. He's willing yes. to He's willing to do things to you. Like if you go back and you watch like Drive, like he doesn't necessarily feel obligated to play the pretty boy. So I, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But there's potential there. Uh, the place beyond the pines, who I thought was pretty good. He was really good in that. Yeah, it's a weird movie. It is a weird movie, but again, he's good. Yeah. Um. Well, I didn't watch any movies this week. Okay. But uh, um, we did watch season two of the Umbrella Academy. All right. Well, I oh, I didn't even I realize it was out. Just started yep. watching season one, so yeah. don't spoil it too much for me. All right. Well, I won't then. Season two, uh, still really good. Still a lot of weird, quirky yeah. stuff, and uh, yeah, it's good. And they haven't do been. We, do we get weird. a thousand percent more Kraus? I'm more what Kraus. Klaus? Klaus? With an L? Yes. Um, Sorry, I still had that racist <laughs> Klaus? Stuck, stuck in my head. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that he starts his own cult in season two. Nice. So, yeah, a lot more Klaus. Um, yeah, it was really good. Still really enjoyed it. I haven't read the source material, but, uh, you know, apparently it's pretty... It's way, it's way different. Oh, is it way different? Oh. Way different. Like, there you go. The, the spirit's the same, but, like, they change. There's so much that's different that, like, it's it's hard to compare them. But the show's, the show's so good, it doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. If, if that yep. makes sense. Yep, it's, it's Doug's... Uh, 
just getting into season one, I guess I won't talk too much about season two, but it's still really you, good. Really you, enjoyed it. You can if you want, because I made yeah, it. Because there's a big thing that happens at the end of the first season that pretty much sets up the entire second season. You really can't talk about the second season without spoiling it. So, um, go ahead. You can spoil if if you feel it's necessary. It's not a big deal. That's all right. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Really enjoyed it. Uh, sets up a, a season three, even though they haven't been picked up yet, but since it was number one on Netflix last week, I'm going to assume, uh, Netflix, Netflix is going to be smart enough to renew it for another season. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to check it out. Uh, then the other TV thing is we finished this week, uh, the Swamp Thing TV show, uh, which is pretty good. I mean, it's got its own flaws or whatever. And I think some of those flaws are... The one from the nineties? I'm assuming you're talking about the one from the nineties. How dare you? Um, no, the new one. It was canceled before second episode even aired. I, I know. Uh, and I think that's part of the problem, knowing that it's canceled. Like, you could see that stuff's happening, and you're like, yeah, but it doesn't really matter. So yeah, but I, I, think it's gonna get, I think it's going to get Stargirled. You know, Stargirl, they said, we're just going to show the one season, and, and that's it. And then they showed it, and they were like, oh, shit, people really like it. We better make another season. And I think the same thing will happen for Swamp Thing. Yeah, we'll see. See, I had heard, and I don't know if it's true, who knows, that uh, they fucked up their tax rebate with North Carolina and apparently fucked it up so bad. Like, somebody did something wrong, and it messed up however much they were supposed to get back. And it was to the point that they were going to lose so much money that they didn't even want to spend the money to store the sets. And thus, they also didn't want to spend the money to rebuild the sets if they did another season. So they literally were just like, fuck it. We'll just cancel the whole thing. So apparently they're going to be running it on CW, which is going to take a lot of editing because it is very much a horror show. Like there is blood and guts and all kinds of crazy shit. All over the place. So apparently they're going to run on CW during the fall since they're not going to have any new fall programming. And uh, the the rumor is if it does well enough, that it may be reconsidered to be picked up for another season. But I don't know if that means another season on CW because their budget is going to shrink immensely. Or if that just means they'll reconsider and put it back on either the DC universe app, which seems like it's probably going away soon or porting it over to HBO max. Like they did with doom patrol. So here's hoping, I guess. So the, uh, the swamp thing TV series, I haven't got to see it yet. Is it based off the Alan Moore stuff? Yes. Um, I mean, it's very much an origin movie. Or a TV show. So you get the full origin and everything. But I told Amanda, I'm like, well, technically there's two origins to Swamp Thing. And I'm curious which will end up being true. And I will say the Alan Moore origin ends up being what they go with. 
as a reveal in the last couple episodes. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read anything since they've rebooted the continuity like four more times. So I don't know like wh- if they're still using that or. Oh, yeah, that yeah. that sticks forever. The, the biggest change I've seen is basically they started adapting some ideas. So now, you know, there's the green mm-hmm. in, in which, you know, the swamp thing is the avatar of the green. Yeah, and then is, they decided. Which is pretty prevalent in this. And then. The yeah. rot and then they, is like the opposite side of it. Right, right. Yeah. The gray or the rot. It, it, well, and then there's also the red, in which the red represents like animal life. And there was this whole running thing in the comic books where you kept thinking the reveal was going to be that the red was uh, Animal Man. And then, of course, it ends up being his daughter is the avatar of the red. And there was a whole bunch of shit they were setting up. And then, of course, they rebooted again and completely abandoned all that. Yeah, there's no red in this anyway. Um, But I will say a character I did not see being tied into Swamp Thing's origin fucking Blue Devil he makes an appearance in this series in this season no was, shit I was just like what and at first which, it's just it's just which the, fucking version well at first it's just the uh, hey I'm a Hollywood stuntman I was in a movie called Blue Devil whatever and then you find out played by Ian Ziering by the way which is a little weird but whatever and then uh, turns out he does <sighs> He has been cursed with some sort of supernatural element, and he does go full blue devil by the end of the end of the season. But once again, which version is it? The version where he's just like trapped inside of a suit? No, he becomes like an actual like blue devil-looking thing. And burns bad guys. Yeah, there was like three different versions. There was the one where it's like a dude trapped in a devil suit. And then there's another one where he's like a robot. See, I only really knew him from the 80s, which I was a big fan of. He's got the little trident and stuff. Yeah. Blue Devil was dope. Yeah. So, yeah, some interesting things. Uh, Phantom Stranger shows up. Played by uh, Macon Blair. From uh, Blue Ruin and uh, uh, Green Room, so I was excited to see him. But yeah, so I'm kind of bummed. It just ends in a way where, you know, it ends and Amanda's like, well, isn't that some shit? Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, So Noah, why don't you tell us what we're watching next week? So... Uh, after watching that terrible movie that I didn't didn't even need to watch, uh, <laughs> I decided I needed something soothing and weird. So we are going to do uh, Phantom of the Paradise and Shock Treatment. Ah, musicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One is the spiritual sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show, and the other is some 1970s batshit weirdness. <laughs> I can tell Dub's, Doug All is super right. excited. Yeah, I already Doug's calling in next week. Yeah, musicals. Eh? <laughs> I think uh, I think his kid's going to be up next week. He's not going to be able to do the show. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> Listen, we got to clear this list out, damn it. To the one with Masters, Masters of the Universe. Universe just sitting right there. <laughs> the hell, man? It's the first movie on the list. That's all right. Don't we have a video game one, too, that we're supposed to, we were originally supposed to do with another podcast, and then the other podcast doesn't exist anymore because we waited so long? Other podcast doesn't exist double, for a long Double time. Dragon and Street Fighter? I believe it is. Street, Street Fighter, Fighter and Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yeah. yeah. I like my idea better. Well, start working on a video. Like, you want to do uh, Double Dragon next week? We'll do that. <laughs> Instead of musicals. <laughs> just do, we'll just do the worst Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. So we'll do Street Fighter and, uh, I don't know. Somebody throw one out. I'm not sure what the next worst one is. I don't know. You'd have to take into uh, account his directed video ones that nobody watched. Yeah, there's the a lot. 90s. And we all know it's not Bloodsport because that movie's awesome. Can we do Bloodsport? I already did Bloodsport. Do it again. Maybe we should do Kickboxer. <laughs> yes. How is Kickboxer just, not on the list? Which is basically just Bloodsport with uh, glass boxing gloves. <laughs> can we just do? Can we just do every Sean Claude Van Damme movie? Can we just change this whole podcast? I just uh, we'll just be the JCVD podcast from now on. Well, we can on uh, Drunken Zombie. We did Jean Claude Van Dameuary for January one time. So if anybody come up with another pun, we could do it for an upcoming month. And even the worst, even the worst Sean Claude Van Damme movie is still pretty good. I don't know about that. Although people, although people might not agree with uh, that too much on Street Fighter. Uh, Street Fighter's not really a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, though. It's more of a ensemble piece. He, which he apparently said he was coked out of his mind when he did that movie. Maybe Street Street Fighter and Nick Fury, Agent of Sea, uh, Shield, with David Hasselhoff. Oh, God, I'm working on a plan that could involve that uh, Agent of Shield movie being put on the list with something else. So. One hundred percent. It should be that, and maybe the the 1990 uh, Captain America movie. There's a whole bunch. I you you guys know how much I love those old Marvel movies. I think we should do all those. Maybe we should just do a month of old Marvel movies to clear them out. I'm up for whatever. <laughs> yeah, well. We've got Captain America 2 and Captain America 1990 and all four of the Incredible Hulk movies. The Nick Fury movie. It's, it's the four Incredible Hulk movies are what was kicking it off for me. I wanted to do a David Banner month where we just did them all and teamed them up with something else. There's the Generation X TV movie. I've never seen Oh, that. yeah. I remember I, I loved it so much so. that I had taped it off TV and I watched it a lot. And I haven't watched it in like 20 years, so I'm sure it's probably fucking terrible now. I've heard it's terrible. All right. Well, you got to figure out Marvel Month. Yeah. We could do some of the Spider-Man TV show. We could do the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man the, the, the pilot movie that kicked it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the 70s one? Yeah. Good. That one? Maybe. Maybe spice it up with some Jaguar Don, little Japanese Spider Man. I've never seen those ones. Yeah, this might be difficult to find. <laughs> this might be difficult for us to find. So. That is that is some Super Sentai fucking bat shittery. Yeah, yeah. He uses a, what a giant robot. 
occasionally. If you know, if you read the book, Ready Player One, that you'll know that the Spider-Man giant robot from that Japanese show is supposed to be in place of Iron Giant in the movie. But they obviously didn't have the rights to it, so they just used Iron Giant instead. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Ignoring all of what you're saying, I just found out that Bill and Ted 3 now comes out on August 28th on, yeah. on demand. Got moved up. That's pretty exciting. They're going non-theater release? Uh, select theaters and on demand. I suspect yeah. that's a response to COVID. Yeah. They're trying to hold off, but yeah, they're going to do on demand and then... Yeah, I imagine there's like, for certain smaller movies like that one, I imagine there's a big fear that when the floodgates open, it's like they're just going to get buried by a lot of other things that have been waiting to come out. I think they've even uh, said they're going to release Tenet on On Demand, which they were trying to really hold off that till theatrical because no one's got a giant boner for IMAX. So, Well, and a lot of what he does is best suited to. Oh, for sure. Like if I had a choice, I'd be watching it in IMAX, but I do have a 75 inch TV, so I can at least, at least recreate it as well as I can in my own living room. I'm not a huge Nolan fan. It's too bad. I mean, he's made, he's made stuff that I like, but then he's made other stuff that I just think is not masturbatory crap. Yeah. Like what? Uh, what was the one with Matthew McConaughey? Interstellar? Yes. That yeah. movie is a giant pile of shitty shit. Oh, I like it, Interstellar. I liked a lot of it until the ending. That's where I was like, oh. It's... I don't know. To me, that it's a vanity project. That's not... I, I feel like it doesn't... He wasn't trying to make a movie either as a piece of art or as something for other people to enjoy. He was trying to make a movie that he could be like, oh, look at what I did. Yeah, Which but doesn't a, play very well. That's a lot of movies. Yeah, a lot of bad movies. No, I would say Commando would fall into that category. And Commando's amazing. What? So, I don't, I don't accept that at all. Commando was no? absolutely... Uh, Ha ha ha, let's do this. Ha 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 ha, that's going to be so funny. People are going to fucking think this is hilarious movie. I don't think that, I don't think Commando was vanity. <laughs> For Schwarzenegger? I think I would disagree. Like, what if I carry a giant tree on my arm to show off my awesome biceps <laughs> and pectorials to open the movie? Well, that's, that's different. That's the vanity of the actor. <laughs> All actors are vain. You couldn't tell the difference between one movie and another movie. Yeah. And they got him they got to make the big decisions. He was like, what if I carry a tree? <laughs> Stallone was like, what if I got this pizza with a pair of scissors? <laughs> yeah, a couple of weeks ago when we watched Commando and then The Running Man, my friend about had a laughing fit because of course Commando opens with him carrying a giant tree on his arm. And then as soon as The Running Man opens and he's in the prison, He's walking around with a steel beam on his arm, like in the exact same position. Right hand, the running man, so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch that again. It's been too long. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.
And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.